Welcome to the Word Ministry of Resurrection Church, where Dr. Joseph G. Matera is the senior pastor and presiding bishop. We trust that the following message will be a blessing. Open up your hearts and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you through the preaching and teaching of one of God's choice servants. Hello. I'm so thankful to be able to share with you again today. You know, we just came out of a a very interesting holiday weekend. It was a very different Memorial Day weekend this year than we've ever experienced. And, And we as Americans are a nation that are accustomed to doing what we want, where we want, when we want and how we want, with whom we want. Uh, So the very essence of our nature is freedom. And this past weekend, we honored men and women who have sacrificed their lives for those very freedoms that we often take for granted. And in many ways, during these crazy times, we feel like our freedoms are somehow being challenged. We may not have the choices in our lives that we're accustomed to. For many, it's extremely uncomfortable. For others, it goes beyond comfort and threatens their very sustenance and existence. It has definitely been a time of challenge, but it's the challenges in life that put to test what we are made of. It's the challenges in life that bring out the worst and the best in us. And as believers, it's the challenges in life that substantiate our faith. It's what makes it real. It's what puts it to the test. And I want to read a scripture to you and a few portions of scripture in Romans 8, starting with verse 28. It says, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And in verse 31, it says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? If he didn't, who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? But in all these things, we are overwhelmingly conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing, including a virus, will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So today, I want to talk about opportunity. I want to speak about the love and the sovereignty of God and the ingenuity and resilience of the people he created. That would be us. This scripture speaks to the purpose and the love of God that is not hindered by the many negative experiences that may be happening externally. In fact, his purpose can actually be enhanced by some of those negative experiences. Can we trust in his sovereignty and learn how to roll with him and learn how to roll with what's happening? Can we see what God may be trying to tell us? What he's trying to do? What our Father in heaven is trying to extract from us and what he may be trying to shake off from us? These are some questions I want you to think about and we'll revisit when we close. The Bible is filled with examples where the purpose of God were not only not stopped by hardship, but his purposes were actually birthed through those very hardships. 
The Bible is also filled with examples of those that missed or almost missed the purposes of God because they were too wrapped up in their own opinion, what they thought was God's purpose, their own comfort and agendas, their misguided routines and arrogant presumption of what was supposed to be. We see that the religious leaders and people of Israel who were looking for the Messiah, their deliverer to come, and that was right. They were supposed to be looking for the Messiah, their deliverer, but their expectation was that he would come in a kingly way, remove the burden and the oppression of the Roman Empire off of them and deliver their nation. That was not what God had in mind. Instead, there was an inward burden and oppression that Jesus was looking to remove, a deliverance from their own sins and sinful nature, and they missed it. They just saw the outside problem, but God is looking for something deeper. Look at Paul, the apostle, who was known as Saul of Tarsus before his encounter with Jesus. He was convinced that he was carrying out a righteous and God-ordained function when he was killing Christians. He was convinced that he was preserving the representation of God on earth. And when God finally knocked him off his horse, literally, in Acts 26, 14, the Lord said, Saul, why are you kicking against the golds? Now, golds were long, sharpened sticks used to prod oxen when they were hitched to yokes. And, and they didn't like the prod, so when they didn't like it, they would kick against it, which would create more pain. So the ox would soon learn that it was better to accept the direction of the farmer through the gold, even in its discomfort, than to kick against the gold. In this context, this expression means that fighting against something God was allowing was futile and foolish and could wind up being more painful than the discomfort of trying to escape. So many are frustrated. Many are looking for this burden to lift. But what we need to be looking for is, God, what is your will in this? What are you wanting to do in me? What are you wanting to do in my family? What are you wanting to do in the church? What are you wanting to do in our city and our nation? What is your plan? Not, I just want things to go back to normal. That ship sailed a long time ago. I believe this prolonging has been intentional. Are we going to roll with it or are we going to push against it? Let me give you another example. The persecution of the early church, that was not good. People were being killed intentionally for their faith. The church was scattered. They were in fear for their lives. They couldn't meet as usual and they were for forced to flee the comforts of their beloved Jerusalem. But we see that it was because of that scattering that the good news of God's amazing salvation spread to all nations and people from all nations came into the kingdom of God. It also spared their generations from being wiped out by the destruction that would soon come upon Jerusalem that they had no idea was going to happen. Another example, you wanna talk about quarantine? Paul was imprisoned for long periods of time before his ultimate death. He wanted to be out of isolation, out of quarantine, so he could be with his fellow believers face to face, to do life with them, to teach them. And the church wanted him out because they wanted to see him. They wanted to break bread with him. They wanted him to minister in their gatherings. What they didn't know, but we know now, is that because of his long-standing imprisonment, we have the books of the Bible known as the epistles. 
These books are God-breathed writings that have given Christians guidance, instruction, and encouragement for generations and will continue to do so until Jesus comes. Paul was forced to write them while in prison, and so his imprisonment strengthened the church. It did not weaken it. He would have had the most views on his YouTube station had he had that technology. Even the best of us can miss what God is doing and kick against the goads. You know, Peter is up there with the greats, but listen to what happens with him. Matthew 16, 21 through 23. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, and scribes, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Not what they wanted to hear. Not what they anticipated. And, and I don't think they ever heard the part about raised to life. I think they, it, they got stuck at that he would be killed. And so Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. Far be it from you, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. But Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan, for you are a stumbling block to me. For you do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of man. Boom. There it is. There is the problem. That he did not have in mind the things of God, but the things of man. That's where we get stuck. And Jesus called Peter, the key apostle, the devil. At this point, when he was trying, when he did not understand the purpose of God in his death. So often we don't understand this. Does God give up on us? Obviously not, because Peter went on to be a foundational stone in the church of God. So that's encouraging to us when we miss it, right? And Jesus also told his disciples uh, after that, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself. Um, so it's about giving up what we think or want to embrace what God is doing. What we do know is that nothing can stop the church. Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. And you can take that to the bank. Churches get stuck. And instead of fighting and, and attacking government officials, let's see what are the opportunities we have. People get stuck in methods, but we have amazing opportunities as a church during this time to share the love of God in different ways, to connect Jesus to people who may have never stepped inside our church doors, to grow in our own faith, to build relationships deeper remotely, even that may go deeper than the brief high and bys in church. Some of us have been forced to learn technology. That will do us well in our comprehensive mission moving forward. We've been shown new and efficient ways that we can serve that we never would have tried otherwise. It's pushed us. Some of us have had to get out of our comfort places. Let's let, let go of our pet traditions, traditions that could keep us socially isolated from family and friends, even without a pandemic. Traditions that may have been starting to replace God in our lives the same way the religious people in earlier times missed God through their practice of religious traditions not just in the church, but in our personal lives. We have opportunities to get closer to our family, to do some well-needed house cleaning inside and out. To, if, if we're locked into what we think should happen, that's not happening, we will be missing our opportunities. We can, stop, we can simplify, uh, not buy as many clothes as we need to. Maybe some of you still are buying online. I'm one that needs to try them on, so I'm definitely out of the picture for buying any clothes. 
Um, but we need to, instead of focusing on negatives, on conspiracies, focus on opportunities. There are worlds of opportunity that we could be missing if we don't roll with this. You know, there, there were many prophecies um, when, when all of this pandemic first came out about Good Friday and Easter Sunday being the end of Corona. And it was a Peter moment of what man wanted. Many thought, oh, this would be great. This is God's way of how he's going to just show his greatness. And I knew that that wasn't going to happen. And, and, and we need enough of mystical interpretations, our own interpretations and conspiracy theories. People are not stopping you from going to church. People are stopping you from going to church because it's a breeding ground for germs. They're not trying to persecute Christians. They're trying to save them. And yes, they don't have it all right. And yes, they're still trying to figure this out. So pray for them. We're all in this together. Are you a part of the problem or a part of the solution? Some Christians can make us all look a little foolish and wonder why we don't get respect. So let's work together. Let's look at what God is trying to do in this. I'm not saying be passive and do nothing. I'm saying some need to stop looking for who the enemy is and start looking for what the opportunity is. It's the challenges in life that has brought out some of the greatest innovation, some of the greatest ingenuity, ideas, inventions were birthed out of hardship and necessity. We are designed with creativity. Look at our father. He designed this amazing universe, created every kind of species of plants and animals that can be imagined. And we are created in his image, given his creative nature. We look like him and he's pretty cool. So we are not wired by God to sit and wallow. You have your father's creative nature. Look for the opportunities. The same thing you did before is not going to work now. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Don't get stuck. God gave us his creativity. You got this. You can do it. Take some time and attention to restructure your life, your personal routines, your household routines, your family routines, your ministry routines. And when you feel overwhelmed, put your trust in God because he's got your back. He's got this with you. He's got this with us. He's not going to abandon us. We've had to revamp many church routines and are learning from it. Objectives stay the same, but methods may change. Do we even know what are our objectives or are we stuck in methods? And on a personal level, if you're a business owner, reinvent yourself, your business. If you work for someone, show interest and earnest in their business during this time. It will move you up and prepare you for your own ventures. If you are unemployed, use your time wisely. Help others. If you are lacking, there are others that are always lacking more. Give in your hardship. If you have to experience living on less, it's an opportunity to learn contentment. Philippians 4, 11 and 12, Paul said, I have learned to be content regardless of my circumstances. I know how to live humbly and I know how to live in a bound. I am accustomed to any and every situation, to being filled and being hungry, to having plenty and having need. If you still find it hard to make ends meet, it's an opportunity to prove the provision and faithfulness of God and have a stronger faith and a greater testimony. Psalm 37, 25 says, I have been young and now I am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his descendants begging bread. 
I wouldn't trade in my, my early on experiences of being poorer than the poor people I served um, and ministered to because I saw the miraculous provision of God over and over and it built faith in me. What new habits can you form? It takes about 30 days to create a habit. Well, we've had double that time already and still have a bit more time. So let's use it. And the, things are never going to go back. This is an evolution, a time of progression, a time for change, a time for innovation. What can we do different? What are the opportunities that you may be missing? We want to build the church, not just the Ephesus. edifice. Sorry. Uh, we want to love our neighbors and feed our enemies. When we are stripped of what doesn't count, we are left with what does count. So don't be anxious just to come out to the building. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I'm enjoying not coming to the building. You see, this, this is a lot of work for us, and so I now get to do Sunday dinner with my kids. I've been in ministry for 40 years and never could actually have a day of rest. Sundays are now a real Sabbath, and, and it's been refreshing. It's a forced and most needed Sabbath for many, especially for those in ministry. There are many other Sabbaths. Um, in the Old Testament, God commanded them to give their land a rest every seven years and not grow crops. Wow, imagine that. I can imagine what people would think if we said that now. How are we going to eat? I have to make money. There it is again. There is our God. Um, the, the Sabbath rest for the farmland replenished the soil of all of its nutrients. And so we've been destroying our planet. Some of you may have seen even some of the pictures of how the pollution has cleared up over some of our major cities in just a month. That probably has prolonged the quality and quantity of the lives of our grandchildren. Sabbaths were commanded in the Bible to replenish, to refresh, to restore, and to renew. But often we just don't want to stop. We as our nation, unfortunately, have been often motivated by greed and convenience. And God allows forced opportunities when we're not willing to walk in his design. So I thank God for forced opportunities. Why are people so stuck in having to open their churches? I want to share with you honestly, I have friends uh, pastor friends who have lost a horrific amount of people in their churches and have really struggled. And, and, and I have other friends. I have one friend that she got one illness that spared her from another. It was interesting that as she got ill, it, it detained her from being able to go to church. And at that same time, many people she would have been within her church had gotten sick. And so God actually used that sickness to spare her from one that would be worse. I personally had left New York right before this happened for a project I was working on, and I had no idea what was going to happen. And, and, and when I left, I had already been struggling with a weakened immune system that stemmed from a period of several years back that I didn't take care of myself physically. And the reason why I was not taking care of myself physically was because I was going through a very difficult time emotionally. And, and I didn't know what was up and down. I didn't know what was real and what wasn't. I experienced emotional and spiritual vertigo. And guess what? In that vulnerable time, the devil took advantage. You see, he was all over it, like white on rice. He's such an opportunist. We could learn from him. He's our greatest opponent, not the government, not the left, not the right. The devil is the greatest opportunist, and we can learn a lesson from him. 
He'll take advantage of every and any situation for his own end. He'll change up easily if it works for his objectives. What are his objectives? To steal, to kill, and to destroy not just the body, but the mind, the soul, your eternity. To keep us many, as many as possible from the kingdom of God. He doesn't mind switching up for the sake of his mission. He doesn't mind uh, rolling with things. In fact, he'll take opportunity. But why are we so stubborn? Let's take advantage of the situation. Let's look at the ultimate objectives. Look to see the opportunities to focus on and what's most important. So ask yourself, what is this working in my life? What is God wanting to pull out from me that might not have happened otherwise? What is God looking to remove from my life that was hurting me? What good changes had come from this? And what other opportunities may I be missing? Take advantage of the situation. There's many things you can do that are different now. Get on our nightly Zoom prayer calls. Learn how to intercede. Get on the 12 noon devotionals and learn the word of God. Get in a Zoom small group and grow with others and bring your personal requests before God. Let those around you see your peace and your confidence. God cares about the big picture and the little picture. He cares about how the nation and the world goes and he cares about how your world goes. He's amazing. Let's read in Philippians 4, 6 as we close. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is what we need to do. Look for the opportunities and be positive because God is a positive God. No matter how hard it may be for any of us, center your life around God's purposes, not on yourself. Why? Because he works all things together for good for those who love him and those who are called according to his purpose. Let's pray. Thank you, Father. We thank you that you are a good God, that you are a purposeful God, that you are a God that has a plan that sometimes we don't see or understand, and that everything you do is motivated in love, in compassion, in kindness, and in goodness, even when it may be hard. And we put our trust in you, Father, and we pray that you would help us to see the opportunities, to seize the opportunities, to take advantage of everything we can as we continue to look to you and trust in you during this time, in Jesus' name. I also want to just take a moment because, you know, those of us that love and know our Savior, it's easy for us to trust him. Maybe you've not experienced that relationship. Maybe you've never come to that place where you've surrendered your life to Christ and allowed him to be your Savior. And I want to give you that chance to do that today because then you will understand what we are experiencing and experience it for yourself. So if you've never received Christ in your life, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for not sparing your only son, but giving him up for my sake, giving him up to purchase my salvation, to make a way for me to come to heaven, to not have to be burdened with any of the offenses that weigh heavy on me, that you have wiped the slate clean. And right now I ask you, Father, 
to wipe my slate clean by the blood of your son, Jesus. I receive forgiveness. I receive salvation. I receive your goodness in my life. Amen. God bless you. Stay safe and be well. We trust that you were blessed. For more information regarding our church, please go to our website at www.resurrectionchurchofny.com or call 718-436-0242, extension 0.